Oh, my rebels, four acts of censorship have been committed against us in four days. You probably know about the first one, when I was slapped with two fines totaling $3,000 for publishing the book The Libranos. Well, I got three other stories for you today. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think the era of censorship is upon us, and I think given that we're the most independent media in the country, they're coming for us first. So I'll tell you about that today. Before I do, let me invite you to become a premium subscriber to what we call Rebel News Plus. So it's this podcast plus the video version of it. It's just eight bucks a month, which is what, half of Netflix. You also get shows by Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, and now Andrew Chapados. So I think there's a lot of value in it. And believe me, it makes a difference here. Because that eight bucks a month, that helps pay our bills. We don't take a dime from Justin Trudeau. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, four acts of government censorship in four days. It's January 25th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Last week, I told you about my two convictions for publishing my best-selling book called The Libranos. That was back in 2019. It's already 2021. Government censorship, the one good thing you can say about it is it's slow as a turtle. That said, it was outrageous, a secret trial we weren't even invited to. To this day, the complaint itself is secret. I've never seen it. Neither do I know who the complainant is. It's a $3,000 fine for publishing the book and the promotion of the book because it compares Trudeau to Tony Soprano from the old TV show, The Sopranos, that was specifically mentioned in the violations. However, Section 2 of the Canada Elections Act exempts book books, and not just books, the promotional books. You can advertise a book in any way you like. It's simply not covered by the election spending laws. We're going to fight it. Normally, a rational person would grumble and pay $3,000 because appealing that will certainly cost more. A constitutional challenge, I hate to say it, it's probably going to cost hundred grand. But we have to fight it, don't you think? Because if we don't, who will? Now, that was bad. I've already told you that whole story. But since then, three more acts of censorship have been done to us. They're all targeted at us. Now, I prefer to talk about the world. I prefer to, prefer to talk about common themes, things that happen in Canada and the United States, around the world. I don't just want to talk about rebel news, but I suppose it's the fact that because we are the leading edge of civil liberties battles, free speech battles, we ourselves are going to become the news when the government starts to censor. And indeed it does. The same day that I got those two convictions from the elections commissioner of Trudeau, I received a threat letter from Doug Ford's attorney general here in Ontario, the so-called conservative government. It was a threat, bizarrely, to prosecute us for our fightthefines.com project. You know what we do, we crowdfund lawyers to 
defend people who got pandemic fines, lockdown fines. It's very successful, not just here in Canada, but it's something we've exported to the United Kingdom and to Australia too. I think it's irritated a lot of politicians because they want to just steamroller over the little people who can't afford the lawyers. And like I said with the book, $3,000 is a lot easier to pay than fighting a $3,000 fine with a hundred grand. We are providing a sort of equalizer to the little people that Doug Ford used to care about. Well, we got this threat letter over our use of a stock image of a police officer's vest. There was no face in the photo. It was just a vest that said police, this image here. And they were threatening to sue us, saying that it was a violation of privacy of that officer, that it was... I'll, I'll get into more details in the days ahead. Just completely made up things. I got on the phone with the lawyers, and it was worse than I thought. I gave them until tonight to call off their dogs. Now, I haven't heard back. I will give you the full story later. It was a threat. It was a fake. It was intimidation. They messed with the wrong media company. But it's a sign that governments are growing bolder, threatening us, not for anything we did, but for the fact that we're daring to stick up for other people who got pandemic fines. And the story they made, I'll, I'll get into that later. I'm not trying to tease you. I'm just saying that was the second thing on that same day. The first was two convictions and violations from Trudeau's elections commissioner. And the second is from Doug Ford's attorney general. And today was the deadline. I asked them to retract and apologize. They did not. So I'll tell you more about that in the days ahead. Now, I thought that was a busy week. That's not the end of it. Kean Bextie, our reporter based in Calgary, who's done some of our most exciting stories. You might recall a few weeks ago, he broke a story on Canada's armed forces. About 150 Canadian soldiers went over to Wuhan, China in the fall of 2019. Well, Wuhan, as you know, is where the coronavirus came from, COVID-19. In the fall of 2019, well, that's why they call it COVID-19, Canada sent 150-plus soldiers as coaches and athletes in the world military games. It was outrageous that we sent them at all. Trudeau did it secretly, no PR. We had to learn about it from the Chinese. This was done after the two Michaels were taken hostage by China. It's one of the things that was a cause of discord at the Canadian Armed Forces in the China files we revealed. Anyways, Kean had a scoop. One of the soldiers who was on that trip talked to Kean about how so many soldiers got sick and how the Canadian Armed Forces tried to cover it up. Well, Kean did his story. It did very well. And then suddenly he got a knock on his door at his home from two of Trudeau's RCMP. Here, take a look at that. Hey, Hi. Mr. Rex? Sorry, who's this? I'm with the RCMP, Constable Wiley. What for? I'm with the federal, we're with the federal unit here in Calgary. And this is uh, Corporal Jolly. Thank you. What's going on? Is it okay if we step in for a quick no. conversation for two seconds? No. Okay, no, that's fine, we can talk over here. Are you going to speak with us? Uh, What's this regarding? Uh, just in regards to, so we've been asked to come here and speak with you today, okay? And like I said, we're with the RCMP here in Calgary. Federal Do you mind if I record this conversation? We prefer if it's private. We're not recording anything. Just because we want to have a chat with you. Yeah. 
About what though? What's this? I'll explain it, okay? Well, we prefer if it wasn't recorded, but that's... Well, I, I mean, I have to. I, okay. okay. So it's in regards to a tweet that was sent out January 8th. Do you know which one I'm referring to? No. Okay. Does that look familiar? It's a little dark here. <laughs> I don't know why they... See that? Just in regards to yeah, the, can uh, I see the sensitive material? Sure. Okay. Is it, what's it, is it text? Texting. Texting. Okay. So that's why we've been asked. It was uh, basically the public notified the RCMP uh, about this tweet. So that's why we sure. were asked to come here and talk to you today. Okay. Sure. So just wanted to let you know that uh, we reviewed the, the items that you had put out there. Mm -hmm. And there's no issues with, with any of that. Okay. Um, we're not worried about materials that's non-classified, okay? What it really comes down to, we've just been asked to come here, mm -hmm. just because of some of the, the nature of the text that was sensitive material potentially. Sure. Obviously some citizens saw it and they linked us, so we've been asked to come here just as a professional friendly reminder. I know um, in a journalistic job, mm -hmm. you meet with people, you sources, exchange information, I get all that. Yeah. Um, it's just to be cognizant that if, if you do come into sometimes a classified or sensitive material, just be aware that that possession or acquisition or distribution could be a, uh, an offense. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with the SOIA, Security Information Act. Mm -hmm. um, that's mainly what we'll deal with this. Um, I'm not an expert on it. You can Google it and it'll give you kind of a summary of what it is. Sure. Um, and even kind of like a, it'll help explain kind of what might be classified or sensitive. So that's all, we're just doing our job. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, we were just told just to come give you a friendly reminder. If you do come and talk, be aware it's for your own protection as well. Yeah. Can um, you tell me who to who told you to come here? Was it well, like your superiors in Calgary or in Ottawa? Well, we're on behalf of the RCMP, our bosses. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know our main bosses go all the way up to Ottawa, but we're from a, just from the local unit here in mm -hmm. Calgary. We're based out of Calgary. Yeah. So that's all it was. Um, any questions about that? Yeah. Would I be able to get a copy of that tweet that you? Could I have that page? No, but you, it's it's on open source. You can find it. Sure. It's under your own at real Keenan Bex. Yeah. So that's that's exactly where we got it from. Okay. Um, All right. So that's did it. I break any laws? No, we're not concerned. Um, I believe that you're referencing kind of that military COVID release. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no issue with that. It's just kind of um, kind of how it started through the tweet. People got concerned shared it with our kind of social media and it made its way up and here we are. Mm -hmm. So that's all it is. It's just Great. to be cognizant that if you ever come into that, maybe a real stuff from a source or someone providing it to you, that could be an issue and that's all it is. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks. Huh. So the week hadn't even ended and we got Trudeau's election commissioner slapping us with 3000 bucks worth of fines. We got Doug Ford's attorney general threatening us if we don't stop showing a police vest in our fight the fines promo. And then we have two of Trudeau's RCMP officers intimidating or trying to intimidate one of our reporters at his house. Well, then the weekend came and a team of our rebel reporters went down to Toronto, where every weekend there's a large protest against the lockdowns. Our guys go there all the time. They're actually fairly well known. David Menzies in his signature hat, Efron Monsanto, Mocha Bazirgan, our team, it's very, it's, it's fun. They go out there not to protest, but to report on the protests and they're wearing their badges. Well, incredibly, our reporters, maybe it's not incredible anymore, it should be, they were physically shoved by police. Take a look at this. Yeah! 
That was Efron, our head of video. I want to show you that from one more angle. Just to be clear, Efron was not protesting. Efron was not in the way of any cop, was not obstructing anything. But because he was filming the cops beat up some lockdown protesters, they physically pushed him away. Another shot of that. Get off the road, eh? Our other cameraman, Mocha, has been going every week. Here's a shot of him being pushed around similarly, too. Good for you, you are standing. This is a point in history. Things are well, we growl about this and we send messages on Twitter directly to the Toronto Police Operations Department saying, don't you touch our people. So there was a new line that the police trotted out this weekend saying, we're not real journalists like the other guys. Look at this craziness. Just keep you the, the media is exempt, but it's uh, like CP24 and stuff like that, right? So what's the difference between me and CP24? Okay. I'm not sure. So just, same, same you just got to keep moving, right? That's all you got to do. Just What's keep... the difference between me and CP24? I'm not sure what your company is. If or you're not sure, why are you making assumptions then? You just got to move. Everybody's got to move. That's it. Go ahead and go tell CP24 to go move. You just got to move, sir. We're, we're cautioning okay. you right now, right? We're cautioning, we're cautioning everybody. Yeah, no. Um, in a police state, the police get to determine who is or isn't an official broadcaster. Not in Canada. But the crazy thing is, while they were saying to us we weren't real journalists, they spoke to an established legacy media in Toronto called City News and said they're banned too. Take a look at this. Essentially, is that media at this point in time yep. is not essential service right in the square. So we can't have you come and gather and stay for a while and loiter because unless you're out for an essential reason, which is grocery shopping, going to a doctor, things along those so lines. So you're telling me media is not essential service? That is under information that I was provided that I'm acting on today, that is the information that I was given. So I'm not allowed in the square right now? Yes, sir. When did that become a thing? So I'm just for my own edification. I can't tell you the exact date that that started or anything like that. I'm just telling you on the information that I've provided and that I'm acting on today is that okay. the information I was given, okay? Well, can I have your name and badge number, officer? Yep, you can see my name right there. Can I just get a quick close-up of it there? Yeah, if you don't there mind, you go. Sir? There you go. Okay, so you're telling me I have to leave the square? What happens if I don't leave the square? Then I will be giving you the ticket, okay? Okay. All right, so I'm cautioning you right now and I'm giving you the opportunity to leave on your own admission or you will be fined, okay? Yeah, that's not, that's not a thing. That I, I just want to let you know the Constitution does not have a pandemic exemption clause in it. The Charter of Rights is not suspended during this so-called emergency. It still applies. And a police officer simply waving a wand and saying, you are not essential, that's not even a thing. Now, Mocha, our cameraman, tweeted some pictures of police, some video of police engaging in assaults and lying about reporters being banned. And look at that, the Toronto Police Operations Center tweeted back saying, oh, it was just all a misunderstanding. Hey, guys, just a misunderstanding the way we roughed you up. And um, we've taken care of it, so no problems. Of course, nothing's being taken care of. They didn't even have the courtesy or the politeness to tell Mocha and Efron that they 
that the police were wrong to push them around. I think we're in tough times. Four days, four acts of censorship. One, a conviction for a trial I wasn't invited to. Two, a threat by the provincial attorney general. Third, cops showing up at a reporter's home. And fourth, the Toronto police pushing and threatening to arrest our reporters for reporting on a peaceful protest. I want to tell you, we did not seek any of this out. We did not. It was brought to us, done to us, because of our journalism. Imagine how conflicted and corrupted the mainstream media must be that they don't have this happen to them because they're so obedient, they don't provoke anything. Even City News, when they were told to scram, they did scram, and their mighty company called Rogers didn't do a bloody thing with it. My friends, sometimes I feel like we're alone. Four censorship acts in four days. We all are alone, except we have you. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, about a month or so ago, the biggest battle in Toronto, well, it was actually the gangland shootings. Shootings in Toronto have tripled under the watchful eye of Mayor John Tory, but the big police operation was against a barbecue joint called Adamson's Barbecue. As you know, over 100 police, 50 police cars, and it turns out six riot horses were deployed to that big bad barbecue joint. Well, Something's brewing in the small central Alberta town of Mirror. That's the name of the town. Um, so far, no riot cops, but Trudeau's RCMP have been by repeatedly because a little cafe, a diner really, called the Whistle Stop Cafe, has opened to the massive support of the little town. People are sick of the lockdown they're going there to meet each other, to see each other, to live a normal life, and to have some good diner food. Well, our friend and chief reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed, joins us now via Skype from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mirror, Alberta. How's it going there, Sheila? It's great. My Skype connection might be a little bit slow, and it might be a little noisy because it's the lunch rush, and this place is packed again. But I'm here in Mirror, um, just to make sure that if the police or Alberta Health Services come to drop the hammer on this little restaurant, that they won't be able to do it in anonymity. I'm going to be here to capture everything. Well, I'm so glad to hear it. You know, Toronto is the biggest city in Canada, the greater Toronto area, which is a lot of little towns and cities. They, they say it's six and a half million souls. Last time I checked, I think Mirror has just over 500. So it's the kind of place where everybody knows each other. And I think there's a level of trust in small towns. And if these folks want to come to the Whistle Stop Cafe, they know what they're doing. They know who they're meeting with. They know everyone in, you know, you're probably the, the only stranger in there today. And you're not a stranger anymore because you've been visiting them. My point is, everyone there knows what's going on, knows the risks. And if they want to take them, they're sort of sick of the BS and the lockdowns. Yeah. Um, yes. I wonder if this would turn into the Adamson's barbecue of the prairies. I think the problem in Toronto is the mayor thought, well, he's challenging my primacy. I'm the alpha male. I must crush this man. 
in Little Mirror, Alberta, you'd have to go out of town to get 100 cops, 50 cars, and six ride horses, right? Yes. I think the closest RCMP detachment is about 20 kilometers up the road. I think they maybe have 10 cops, maybe. I think I could even be exaggerating that work at that detachment. They've got a lot of better things to do in small town Alberta than to crack down on an illegal burger here in Mirror. Rural crime is out of control um, because of the bad economy and police are, are really too busy to be the enforcement arm of the Alberta Health Services bureaucrats that want this place closed. Um, now, you, you said illegal burger a moment ago. I want to tell you, I've started a, a campaign called No Burger is Illegal. <laughs> I'm joking around. Earlier today, you were telling me about the menu there. I would like to make an invitation. I have no authority to do this. I have not spoken to the Whistle Stop Cafe, but I bet they would be happy for folks in the surrounding areas to come by and get a slice of pie. You told me they had some berry pie. I think you said apple pie. Um, you said they got some soup, burgers, fries, obviously, breakfast food. Like, this is just a typical small-town diner experience. I was very hungry when you were describing it to me on the phone. And Mirror, it's just east of Lacombe, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a little yep. bit north. Am I right? That's northeast of Red Deer. So if you're in central Alberta, why not go for a drive? What else you got to do, right? Right, and it's right off Highway 21. It is right along the side of Highway 21. It's very easy to get to, um, but make sure you've left yourself a little bit of time if you are coming, because this place has been busy since they opened from morning till night. People are coming from Calgary. People are coming from Edmonton. People who are not able to sit in and have a sit-down meal. They're placing takeout orders to go, and sometimes those takeout orders, people have to wait two hours oh, for wow. them because they are just so busy. While I was here this morning, one of the local ranchers came and dropped off some beef. Um, they have a beef company, and they knew that Chris, the owner here, was having trouble getting off the grill to go into Red Deer and get supplies. So they, the community is really rallying around him, not just by patronizing the business, but for helping uh, backstop the business with supplies. Even the staff here, they know that, you know, Chris has been closed for quite some time, so they're not, he's not necessarily able to pay them, but they are volunteering their time just to keep the doors open, just so that they will have a job to come back to if AHS ever lets them legally open going forward. Wow, you know what, that's amazing. And when you say there's a, a lineup for food, that's how it was with Adamson's. It wasn't just people yep. who love the food. I've eaten at Adamson's, it is wonderful. It, it's the solidarity with someone yep. not only standing up to the infringements on our liberties, but someone who's fighting for their own life and livelihood. Uh, I don't know the Whistle Stop Cafe. I've never been to Mirror before. But I can imagine that they've poured years of their life and their heart into the place. It's part of the community. I mean, if you think about what makes a neighborhood, you know, there might be a, a little park, there might be a school. Often it's the restaurants that actually give a community, it's a neighborhood, it's character. That's where you meet up. That's where you have the moments of your life. The, the backdrop of your life happens in this restaurant, in that bar. You know, it's, it's the milestones and the landmarks and God forbid the Whistle Stop Cafe were to shut down, I hate to even say those words, 
but that's the fate of more than 10,000 restaurants in Canada. Um, that, that will cast a long shadow over the, the cohesiveness of the community. I tell you, Sheila, if I was there, I would go there uh, out of solidarity. I would tip enormously. I would just want to support them every way I can. And if the police showed up to be bullies, I would do my best not to swear, but I would ask challenging words to the police if this is really why they went to the police academy or the depot, as it's called in the RCMP. When you wanted to be a cop growing up, did you ever imagine yourself cracking down on waiters, waitresses, and customers? You thought you were going to be fighting murderers and robbers, didn't you? That's the kind of stuff I would say if I could control my tongue and not swear. Yesterday, I was here, not for work, but for uh, personal reasons. I wanted to do exactly what you're talking about, Ezra. So I was here on Saturday for work. I've got a great video coming out where you can see the whole community is here. I talked to the staff. I talked to Chris. I talked to his customers. That video is coming out. Um, but I was here yesterday with... 14 other people, we rounded up a bunch of people, including one of those freedom-minded restaurants, our friends from Buffet Royale in the Edmonton area, the, the restaurant that hosted our book signing and then was subsequently protested by the Chinese consulate. They came down here to stand in solidarity. It's a little bit more difficult for a large buffet restaurant to open up. Um, on a moment's notice, but they wanted to do what they could do to help Chris. And you are right when you say that these small town diners, they really end up being sort of like the community center. It's, you know, where everybody gets together to discuss, you know, business, funerals. It's, it's the social club in a small town. And when these places disappear, they disappear forever. Uh, and you're, you're right about Chris being part of the social fabric here. At the beginning of the pandemic, when everything was closed, he bought a massive screen and he set up a drive-in theater in his parking lot just to give the town something to do. And at the time, AHS closed it down the first time around, even though everybody was in their cars. But he pushed back. AHS sat down and made some rules for him to reopen. And I think that's what he's trying to do here. He's just going to go ahead, do something, ask for permission later, and hopefully he forces AHS to come to the table and allow everybody to open back up. Yeah, that's, uh, you know what? I, I tell you, just uh, today I reviewed Dr. Teresa Tam's weekly uh, epidemiological report on COVID-19. One of the pages in that report shows the number of outbreaks since the pandemic began. More than 10,000 outbreaks, sorry, 10,000 deaths from outbreaks in seniors' homes, for example. I think that's fairly well known. The grand total across all of Canada in every restaurant and bar and retail. The grand total, Sheila, three deaths, three across this entire country for the last year, three. And the, the risk is so low, there is a greater risk driving to a restaurant that you'll get killed in a car accident, God forbid, than there is a risk. And, and I see people walking by, they got mad, no mask, I don't care. You know, so I, I find that, I got one last question for you. And by the way, I wish I was there. Um, <laughs> And if the cops come, film everything, 
And if they give yeah. out tickets, please tell everyone there we will crowdfund the lawyers for them. Don't pay it. Don't pay. Don't, 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 don't pay. If you don't get their names, tell them to go to fightthefines.com. Sheila, I don't want anyone there to have additional stress in their life, especially those waiters and waitresses. Anyhow, uh, here's my question. You mentioned our friends from Buffet Royale and Edmonton came on down. Do you have any indication, even whispers, that there might be other restaurants or shopkeepers who are inspired by uh, the Whistle Stop Cafe? And they're saying, hey, I, I mean, like Nanton. I love driving down, and I always stop in Nanton for breakfast. I just love to do it. Like a little diner like that. You hear any whispers anywhere else in Alberta? That people are going to say, well, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it too. Not out of jealousy, but out of, hey, that's a great idea. You know what I mean? Yes, I've heard of at least two. There's one that's opening up on Wednesday. Um, I don't want to give away the location in case the police decide that they need to pay them a proactive visit. But there is one that is opening up on Wednesday night and one that's opening up following that. And I think the idea is you cannot ticket us all. They, they might, but I don't know if they can drag all these people before the courts. And optically, it's going to look terrible on the government. Yeah. These people are just trying to survive. They, yeah. the, the government has driven them to the point where they absolutely have nothing left to lose. In my interview with Chris yesterday, that's what he said. He said, you can keep ticketing me. You can ticket me. You can take away my health permits. You can take away my liquor license. I'll just stop selling beer, but I'm going to keep opening up until uh, until they change the locks. And that's what he's going to do. Well, um, here's the thing about if we provide a lawyer. At the very, very least, it kits, kicks the can down the road 6, 12, 18 months to take the stress off these restaurateurs. And perhaps if we get out of this tyranny, which I hope we do, a judge in the, the sober morning light would say, what were we thinking? And I think that people who are not used to dealing with the law, not used to being in an antagonistic situation, most people are not conflict-oriented. I'm a little bit conflict-oriented. So Just a fighting, <laughs> you know, and by fighting, I don't mean with my fist because I'd get pummeled. I mean like with lawyers and words and stuff. Let us take all the worry for you. We will be like the liver to take all the toxins, to take all the bad stuff, <laughs> Let us take all the bad stuff because we're, we're sort of pros at that. We've got lawyers ready to help. Let people live. And give my best regards to everyone there. And uh, if you want to buy a, a round of pies for everyone in the restaurant on me, send me the bill. I want to feel like a bit of a big shot. I can buy 14 slices of pie. That's about as big shot as I'm feeling today. You know, I guess that's my way of saying I'm sending my support, Sheila. But the real support comes when the cops come we will fight those tickets and those other two restaurants i can hardly wait to find out who they are we will fight them and hopefully alberta will open up from the grassroots up if not from the top down i have extended an offer to chris i told him he has our full support if the police do ticket him we are going to be there to fight every single fine that he gets in court we're going to make these alberta health services bureaucrats answer to answer for what they are doing to him in front of a real judge and explain their actions. And he graciously accepted. So if people want to help us help Chris, 
they can do that at fightthefines.com. Great. Thanks, Sheila. And, and say the same. I know you have already, but it, to the waiters and waitresses and the cooks, because anyone there and any customers, any customers. So there's the owner, there's the workers, yep. and then there's the customers. And um, we have to do this. And hopefully this will have a domino effect. Well, listen, I, I'll let you go. It, I, I'd rather be where you are. I know it's like minus 20 minus 25 there in Mira, Alberta, but it looks like the warmth of the community is the real story there. Great to see you, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Ezra. All right, there you have it. Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter at the Whistle Stop Cafe in the town of Mirror, Alberta. I don't know if it's a town or a village. When you only have about 500 folks, I, I'm not even sure if that counts as a town. Obviously, everyone in that cafe knows each other and they know and support the owner. And we're getting to know him, and we're supporting him, too. You can also, if you want, at fightthefines.com. You heard me, uh, and you heard Sheila. We've offered legal help to everyone in the place, and we'll give it. With your help, because that's how we pay for it. We crowdfund it. All right, folks, stay with us for more. Hey, welcome back on my show Friday. Wendy writes, I just bought the Lebranos, the China virus, and the case against David Suzuki by Sheila Gunn-Reed. I hope that helps. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's ironic. When you ban a book, all of a sudden people are saying, oh, what, what am I not allowed to see? What don't you want me to see? How dare you make that decision for me? So I think banning books often backfires, especially in the age of the internet. So thanks for buying those books. Paul writes, for your next book, have him on the cover in blackface. <laughs> they don't seem to mind that. Yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, we saw that uh, story the other day out of Hamilton where someone called Trudeau a Nazi and police were investigating that. But when Trudeau calls people Nazis, they don't investigate that and is putting a picture of Trudeau in blackface. Is that racist or is he racist that he did it? It's so hard to keep track. Vince writes, Justin dressing up in characters has been with him even into politics and as prime minister as he zealously dresses up as many characters. Ezra representing Justin as a character in a hit TV show would make Justin happy. You know, Trudeau really dresses up in costumes all the time. If you Google Trudeau costumes, you'll probably get a hundred different images. You'll probably get 20 just from his trip to India. He dresses up for Halloween. Grown-ups don't usually do that. He dresses up at any excuse. I, I think it's really weird, and it probably speaks to some issues, some Peter Pan issues, or or some lack of a, a center. He doesn't maybe know who he is. He wants to be. I don't know. Something weird with that boy. Um, I don't think he's a good leader for Canada. I, I don't think he has a moral center. That's our show for the day. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rumble World Headquarters, to you at home. Good night. Keep fighting for freedom.